0: FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net around the world and on satellite.
1: keys of the kingdom I'm brother Gregory and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God I want to welcome uh, all of you to this show Uh, it is a call-in show that we have the capability of receiving your calls but we're not going to give the number out on the air we only give it out over the network uh, the living network which is uh, part of the ministry here where we're connecting people in each individual state Uh, all over the country, and actually in Australia and New Zealand. If we get the word out as to what the kingdom is, how it works, how it functioned for a thousand years until kings rose up in the period of time of 1066 and 1090, you'll see in history that there was a vast shift in the way in which men ruled themselves and freedom began to disappear there was uh, an inquisition where millions upon millions of people were murdered and killed and terrorized by a government and by churches uh, or something posing as a church Uh, the church is defined as an institution established by jesus christ and there are institutions out there who claim jesus christ in word, but indeed, they actually are doing just the absolute uh, opposite of what Christ said to do. Instead of free, it brought them into bondage. And uh, this church, uh, this ministry, and uh, others that are gathering that work are actually seeking to free people, uh, to return them to the liberty under God, uh, so that they are free souls under God. And that is the mission of the church, is to help, uh, free everyone, to make them, uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, uh, serving God of heaven rather than the God's many of the, of the world. I want to welcome, uh, John, uh, in Texas and his son, uh, John Adolfo, who is also listening, uh, I got an email just before the show that he was able to catch the show today, so I thought I'd give them a hi. John has been helpful in jump-starting the Colorado group, uh, which was really having trouble getting off the ground, couldn't seem to elect a contact minister, and, and to get functioning functioning uh, contact minister who is actually uh, making contact with them and connecting them with the rest of the group. We have a new, uh, Dan is the new contact minister there. Uh, I I won't say he's an elderly gentleman. He's about my age. (laughs) And and God knows I'm not elderly. But uh, he's uh, evidently uh, had some uh, uh, educational uh, background and uh, been around a little bit and sounds like he's enthusiastic to help the Colorado people start making connections. Uh, There really should be uh, three, four, five... Uh, contact ministers on that group it's just up to the people to get together and pick them it only takes two people agreeing that a third person should be the contact minister suddenly then he gets put on with the other groups Uh, John has been added uh, another John uh, John M has been added uh, to uh, the contact ministers list last night uh had one vote for a while and finally somebody else changed their vote from Joey uh over to John because Joey has moved up to Idaho and so uh uh Joey's a contact minister now in the Idaho area which would be on the Oregon group right now until Idaho gets enough people so there's kind of a network uh I thought I'd mention a few of those names uh out there Uh, there's a few people that have not been responding very much as contact ministers haven't been passing on information now i could easily set up the system where i can email everybody on all these groups uh very easily but the way we've got it set up is the contact minister uh, i email them then they'll email those groups they email each other they're in conversation with each other and they have something to share they'll share it down with the other groups uh, the other groups, you can just join them by going to hisholychurch.net or .info, uh, use the drop-down menu under the guy with the little fishing net, and uh connect, Uh and you're on that group. But you're really not a part of the Living Network until you pick a contact minister. When you pick a contact minister from somebody on that group, then you become a part of the Living Network. And... Uh, uh, And you'll start getting the living network, et cetera, as as we send them out. Uh, We've been working the kinks out of this system. But the idea is that you don't look to some central location, us, out here in Summer Lake, to hear about the kingdom, to connect with other people. You look to a more local individual who is your contact guy. Hopefully we'll get these uh, congregations of record going in each of these local areas. Uh, People will actually be meeting in each other home, like home churches, but with a decidedly kingdom theme. Because that's what Christ came. He didn't come preaching the church of heaven on earth. He came preaching the kingdom of heaven on earth. He didn't come preaching the local little comfortable congregation on earth, but the kingdom of heaven on earth, which was a network that reached all across Europe and into uh, Asia and connected uh, people in many different ways. Now, many of the symbols of that early Christian movement or network uh, have come down to us, and and now we have, like, people are using the little fish symbol uh, to denote that they're a Christian. Or using a cross, that's a very common uh, Christian symbol, holding up the cross. The real symbol of the kingdom of God is the character of Christ in the hearts of the people. And if the character of Christ is there, then people will be trying to come together to be of assistance to one another because they love one another. And they will be actually helping and strengthening one another. They won't be like Sodom and Gomorrah, where in a time of affluence they weaken the poor, which is what socialism is doing in America today. But they would be out there um, assisting one another in real ways. They would be... Uh, Part of a church, a community of people that are health, education, and welfare for everybody in their congregation and the congregations of congregations. That's what the kingdom is. It's the antithesis of socialism, but it's the form of socialism that really works because it's based on the perfect law of liberty by faith, hope, and charity. And that's what we have to emphasize. That will set you free. Uh, filling out paperwork, uh, boasting, demanding your rights, uh, uh, that's not gonna set you free. It's probably just gonna get you in a lot of trouble. Uh, Christ had an answer. Christ had a solution. Uh, it's really the same as what Moses and Abraham was doing. Uh, Christ did it better, of course. And Christ has opened the door for us so that we can go through that door and enter into the kingdom of heaven at hand on this earth as well as the next. Now, that process of seeking the kingdom will make you suitable for a more righteous habitation. But the kingdom of heaven is not for the dead. It's for the living. It's for now. It's for the people living here on earth. It's about people coming together. Of course, it begins with each family, uh, husband, wife, uh, children. That is the building block of the kingdom. That is the unit. That is the corporation of God, the individual family. Uh, no more twain, but, uh, one individual. That is the altar of clay of the kingdom. Uh, but the, how those families come together without diluting their own, uh, freedom is the, is the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. What binds them together? Contracts? Uh, Covenants? Uh, A constitution? No. What binds them together is faith, hope, and charity, love for one another. And that bond will hold. That bond will make them a strong unit, uh, a strong congregation. And if they have that truly written in their heart in a small congregation, That congregation will be focusing at least 50% of the time on networking with other congregations. So if you're in a small, comfortable congregation somewhere and you think that you're a part of the kingdom and you're not striving on a regular basis to become a part of other congregations through Faith, Hope, and Charity, then I question and I cast doubt upon whether or not you are really seeking the kingdom. Uh, you may be one of those what the Essenes refer to as the lovers of soft things, the little comfortable, self-righteous little congregation. Uh, we have uh, coming up uh, later in this year in September, which is not that far away, we hope to have a feast of tents, feast of booths, feast of tabernacles, they call it, uh, a tent gathering out here in Summer Lake, Oregon uh it's high desert country uh the mosquitoes will be pretty much gone or very weakened by the the fall chills that will have come by mid-september uh but we will have hot warm sunny days hopefully if the weather uh, cooperates that's what we get here that's why they call it summer lake uh, we've got a thousand acres to roam on and to place tents on and fresh running water and uh, lots of meat Uh, We'll have uh, sheep and and cattle, and if we get enough people, we'll show you how to roast a lamb and uh, uh, share with you uh, a great deal of what we are doing uh, to seek that kingdom. Now, one of the things we're doing is publishing materials uh, as well as forming this network. If you're not a part of the network, you really need to get on the network. You really need to become a part of that network and struggle to find a congregation uh, of record and become a part of that so that you're not depending upon the Internet, not depending upon this radio station. Uh, These are great tools for the time being, but you need to work together to make something greater than uh, simply a virtual community. You need to make a real community, and you need to do it fast. Uh, because time is running out, and these are good times today. Some of you have had some hard times financially, but these are good times. I got an email. uh, I missed it at first because I was out of town, and uh, the laptop is on the blink, so I can't keep track of my email when I'm out of town. And uh, somebody wrote me that they are stranded in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I had heard something from them several days before and I told them to join the network well they joined the network in Colorado uh, but they're stranded in Michigan well the Colorado guy is in contact with the Michigan uh, network through the contact ministers network Uh, he's just new so he may not have phone numbers of all the contact ministers he should write them down uh, so that he can call them if there is an emergency so one of the problems is this individual has now uh, stranded in Detroit and uh, and I have no idea why they're just stranded in Detroit, how they got there, what is their actual condition, do they have some place to stay, are they on the street? Uh, uh, we don't know them, but uh, they've suddenly wanted to get a hold of us when they were in trouble. Now, that will not do in the future there will be so many people in trouble we cannot help everybody you need to show that you are interested in helping others by joining that network now so that when you are in need we will know who you are and we will be glad to share our resources to help you out Uh, it's what we call drowning the faith all these people taking off and and running out I'm in the kingdom I'm free I'm done this and I've done that and now I'm a free man and, and uh, sovereign, or whatever they want to call it. And the reality is that they have done just the opposite of what Moses was doing. They, Moses was not taking people to the edge of the desert and saying, run for it. Uh, you're free. He was bringing people together. God, this was God's plan. This is why the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, because hard times were coming, and people were going to have to learn the skills of being a free nation under God. Uh, it's not a free individual under God. It's a free nation under God. Now, to be a free nation, you have to be composed of free individuals, but you are bound together. You are bound by faith, open, and charity. And faith, open, charity does not mean helping somebody occasionally when you run across somebody uh, that needs help. It doesn't mean uh, that you love one another in the comfort of your house or your car and you drive by them saying, oh, I love that person over on the street corner that's hungry, or I love that person who's stranded in Detroit. It's actually doing something to help them. But uh, there's going to be so many people drowning in the days to come, we cannot save them all. So they have to do a little swimming and dog paddling towards us and reach out, and that's what the network is about. you You cannot become a part of the network just by signing up some anonymous email. you have to actually make contact. you have to actually reach out to one another. so I said, we do a number of things we publish we published the book His holy uh, uh, uh well, the first one was uh, uh, the Covenants of the Gods. and that talks about the contractual nature of government, how governments are built on contracts by your application and participation, by your consent, you become a part of a corporate government. In order to do that, you must breathe a little bit of your life into that government. That's the way all governments work. Even the kingdom of God works that way to some degree, Uh, except for in the corporations' uh, governments of the world, what you do is you give up your right to choose about certain things. For instance, how much of your labor is going to go into the support of the government? Now, you should labor some every day for the support of whatever government you choose to have. Uh, You should do that. But you should maintain the choice of how you're going to do that. Otherwise, you're not a freeman anymore. You're not in a free government. You are bound in that government, and you must bow down and serve it to one degree or another. And, of course, that's exactly... What happened in Egypt is that they had to bow down and serve the pharaoh and pay him one-fifth of everything they earned each year. That was 20% income tax in order to support the government so the government could be there to help the needy of your society. That's not pure religion. That's a form of religion. That's socialism, uh, and that's exactly, uh, it's also usury uh, because it's a use tax upon your labor. Uh, because you owe it. Now there was a ceiling limit in Egypt, 20 percent. Most countries don't have that. Egypt still does. So that's a different kind of religion and that's what was being brought into Judea at the time of Christ. It was brought in mostly by well originally by the Hasmoneans but then Herod instituted a system whereby you could be baptized into the kingdom of heaven and then you would have to pay in a percentage of everything you earned each year to the temple And the temple took care of the social welfare. It also was able to build big, fancy, golden temples of stone and and ornaments. Um, And he built more than one. Uh, And uh, the kingdom prospered, uh, but the kingdom prospered more. Uh, And that became a very powerful office, and everybody wanted it, and even sons were trying to kill Herod in order to get it. And Christ was the only king that ever came who completely and fully freed the people Uh, he was tempted by that power that the people gave him but he overcame the mission because of his uh, purity and virtue uh, because he was who he was and he freed the people that freedom is still available to people in every country to one degree or another uh, but you have to walk the walk and that's what we wrote about in the second book, Thy Kingdom Comes. Uh, we give you examples of what Abraham was doing, how we misunderstand Abraham, how every religion in the world today is uh, is connected, almost uh, every religion, every major religion is connected to Abraham. And I, I don't mean just the Christians are connected because Abraham was the man of faith mentioned in the New Testament. I don't mean just the Jews who, of course, uh, proclaim Abraham. I don't mean just the Muslims who proclaim Abraham. But I also include the Buddhists who were Brahmin priests uh, or uh, came out of the Brahmin uh, uh, system of Hinduism because Brahmana was Abraham. Uh, They are one and the same. Uh, That's common knowledge amongst many people in the East not so common knowledge amongst Christians, but uh, they seem to be, for every reach of your imagination, based upon the record, they had to be the same person. And we go into that in the book, Thy Kingdom Come. But more important, we went into what Abraham was really doing. What were these altars? What was he doing? Why was he able to Uh, mass an army together overnight that was able to defeat a five king army that was going around conquering one city-state after another. Abraham did not have a walled-in camp. He did not bind the people in by contract. He wouldn't even take a buckle of bribery uh To keep the people in the bondage, he was a man who came to set men free, which made him a uh, part of the order of Melchizedek, the righteous kings of peace, because they freed those people who came under their authority or or, or by circumstance. Uh, Abraham literally owned everybody who was captured by those kings when he set them all free. he could have he kept them right of spoils but he set them free. Uh, Moses was the rightful pharaoh of Egypt. Uh, He was the rightful heir to that throne, but he came to set men free. Christ was the righteous king in Judea, Uh, the kingdom of God, the remnant of the kingdom of God, but he came to set men free. Uh, Unlike Rehoboam, who refused to set men free, back in the days when they began to elect kings or presidents or whatever you want to call them, uh, which was a rejection of God. So you see that this whole pattern is repeated, and we, we show how the early church to some degree was organized based on the same free government principles that you find uh, throughout history and never read about in modern history books. Um, you read about it when you read our books, but you're not going to read about it in most history books because that's, that had to be deleted in order to bring the people to their present state of bondage. You could not be telling people how to be a free people in a public school that was guiding you into bondage again. And that's where you are. And somebody sent a website uh, that shows uh, all the debt uh, that is occurring. uh in the United States uh, you know and it shows this like a uh, uh, little lighted up number there billions of trillions of dollars and, and it's just skyrocketing up uh, assets uh, small businesses decreasing assets of uh, larger corporations is decreasing uh, and inflation is is got to come And this is, if you want to know the future, study the past, and this is what we were talking about in Thy Kingdom Come. We're showing you how it doesn't work, and we're showing you how it did work and was intended to work. But we're doing it in a historical context, which meant that we needed to write another book, which was the Free Church Report. And that Free Church Report uh, tells you a lot about what that early church was doing and why they were doing it. We're showing you the passages. We're putting it into historical context. Uh, Matthew was probably written originally in Aramaic and then translated in Greek, which is why he's the only one who mentions the kingdom of heaven. uh, Of all the Gospels, Uh, that was Matthew because of the way in which it translates from the Aramaic to the Greek. It's uh, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, same thing. And that kingdom is the right to be ruled by God. And last week's show, we talked about the guidelines, which is a, a modern interpretation of what that early church was doing. And we're going to talk about some of the other things that we have in that pre-church report when we return. The keys of the kingdom. pledge allegiance to the king of kings, and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation, and our heavenly Father,
0: grace, mercy, justice for all. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's one 800 375 41 Now listen to me. The Bible
1: says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's.
0: Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is The Apostate Church, The Whore That Rides the Beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church, Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25, or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome back to
1: the Keys of the kingdom. Uh, we have to remember that networks are dependent upon each individual strand of that net, each individual knot of that net is essential in the function of that net, and that means that the contact ministers are those knots because you are, each of you are the strings of that net. How tightly you hold together in that network makes that net work, and that. Is what Christ was talking about when he was talking about making men uh, fishers of men to bring in the the fish, which are is the people representative of the people into the kingdom. Uh, that uh, it's an analogy and it shows you how we work. It's like a, the a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Well, so also is a net. If a net is to hold it is to hold in a certain uh way by the strength of each of the strands of that net and that net will work if those uh, strands are strong in the character of christ and in the uh, knots hold each of those strands together so that they uh, form that network and so we have lots of people that are uh, on the network now. Uh, it's growing. Uh, lots of people have signed on to the Kingdom News list, which is our other outreach. It uh, goes out to uh, uh, you know 1,000 homes, uh, and that would be several thousand people. Uh, our articles on News Review goes out to uh, tens of thousands more. Uh, we need to be changing those numbers from thousands hundreds of thousands uh in order to get this message out the way it needs to go out we need to be on uh, other radio stations we were on uh colorado station uh just this week uh, uh and all that information is on the website and uh, can be obtained through the network there are several other books that are in the works there are different stages of completion Higher Liberty you can only get copies of that if you join the living network and pick a contact minister uh that's the only way we distribute that it's uh, still free uh, but that's the way you would get uh, a PDF copy of that book um, it's by the time it's finished it's going to be uh, very controversial to say the least uh it's almost completed now but uh, it's going to take uh locking myself away in the room to finish it. What we're going to talk about in the last half of the show today is the polity of the church. As I said last week, we talked about the guidelines. There'll be, a, uh, you, can, you can get copies through your local radio station. We will eventually make copies available uh, of that discussion of the guidelines. There's 20 precepts that are laid forth in uh, any church of record or any ministry. We use those guidelines in order to uh exemplify what that early church was doing and the structure of how it was doing it uh it's uh it's kind of an ad uh uh, for anyone who is take the time to look up that word it's kind of a new word Uh, but it's there are no rulers Uh, there are some structure but there are uh, very few Borders. Uh, there's a great deal of flexibility in this system because it's not about unfreeing you. But in every good system, there is some structure. Just like in your own body, there are there's bones in your body. Without those bones, you're just a, you're just a big jellyfish. You're just <laughs> rolling around. You need those bones to supply structure. They're not very flexible, but they have lots of joints, uh, and those joints are flexible and you are given an opportunity to move with grace and uh, and wisdom if you have that skeletal structure. And that's what we're creating, uh, and, and not without reason, not without cause, not without researching the biblical text and the history of the early church to find out how it operated. Uh, you have tremendous flexibility. There are some things you cannot bend, uh, too far in one direction without causing damage uh, but uh, because it's a network uh, there is a tremendous flexibility in what we can do and can't do and uh, that's what is necessary in order to establish a free society uh, the society that people have established for themselves uh, such as the United States or, or England or Australia or any of these uh, countries across the, the world They are not free countries. They are based on bondage, and they are based on contractual bondage in most cases. Even the Soviet Union went to great extent in most of their uh, systems of bureaucracy to establish that they had some sort of contract, and then they squashed you uh, if you got out of line. Some of those same uh, methods are being used today in the United States and and other countries. it's a struggle. Liberty is always a struggle. Freedom is always a struggle. It, that's why Christ even said, strive. Uh, it's not a matter of sit back, you know, we wrote a Constitution, now we're free forever. As uh, matter of fact, the Constitution is as good as a lot of people would like to think, and that brings us to a fifth book that we've written, uh, Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, uh, which goes into some of the precepts brought up in the Anti-Federalist Papers by people who oppose the Constitution, because they knew that there were certain problems with it, and their words have become prophecy. Uh, We should have never stopped studying the anti-federalist papers, because they were warning us what could happen, and that's exactly what happened. So since we're, I could talk about the administrative guidelines, and maybe we will at another date, but uh, they're a little bit more boring, but they're just an enhancement upon the, the 20 precepts of the guidelines, which are really very simple, but they set things in order. But they and the polity are the key documents in the formation of any congregation of records. and they're very unique amongst polity. Uh, had a minister say, well, this is not like the polity of this church or that church. Well, of course it's not, because it's like the polity of his church, and it has a biblical basis to it. And you can find all these things on the website, and there's an annotated uh, version of the polity, which you know, each different, there's only ten parts of the polity, ten articles, and each individual art is supported by numerous uh, quotes from the Bible. Uh, They are not every quote that you could put in there by any means, uh, but there is enough there that we should cause you cause uh, to realize that these are based on biblical precepts. Article 1, congregations. Each congregation's board and constituency consists entirely of the body of elders of the congregation. The only authority of the minister of the congregation is in his choice to sanction by service the decisions of the whole body of elders in assembly. The assembly of ministers forms an altar of living stones upon which the sacrifice of the congregation are delivered in the name of the Lord. Now every man, every elder, which is elders, were elders by a circumstance. An elder was the head of a family that's what an elder was. They appointed elders, in other words, they appointed men who were heads of families. They didn't appoint them to be the heads of families. They appointed them uh, to do jobs in the structure of the church, in the network of the church, and they picked men who were elders to take those roles. Uh, Somewhere along the line, we got the idea that they appoint elders. Uh, That is just simply historically not correct. Uh, they appointed men who were already elders by circumstance. And there's a whole page in the book of uh, quotes as to why we do that. We also go into more detail in Higher Liberty. Uh, Presbyter is the the word that we're dealing with when we're dealing with elders, explaining how that worked in the early church. Article 2, seat of authority. Each elder holds authority over his household as Christ holds authority over the church. Through his humble service to his household, each elder meeting in an assembly must consider the needs of his household first, and the needs of the congregation second, bearing in mind uh, uh, important uh, concepts of the kingdom and how they work. Uh, And we give Actually, verses there that are not a part of the annotated, but uh, these verses should be borne in mind as he deals with his position as elder. And we give Romans 12.5, 1 Corinthians 12.25, uh, 1 Corinthians 13.13, 13, uh, Ephesians to 23 uh, Matthew 28.18, and Leviticus 25.10. There's, there's lots of other verses that we can include in that, but at least those verses are things that he should keep in mind as uh, the elder within a congregation. He is an elder of his family. He is the head of a family, but he is an elder in the church. The family is not incorporated in the church. The church is not an incorporation uh, of families or an unincorporated association of families. And in order to maintain that status, everything that is given on that altar of stone, that minister, that single minister, entirely. If you don't give it up entirely, you compromise the church. You con- compromise the independence of the church. You also have not really given it up entirely, and you're not operating by real charity. You know, it's, And we see this in a lot of churches where they give up, something to the church and then they go get on the board of elders who regulates how that money will be spent. They haven't given up anything. Uh, Really, they're still in control and that is a death blow to the autonomy of the church if you do that. I know that's hard for a lot of people to accept uh, and there's legal reasons why and we won't be able to go into that in this brief show but you need to consider that you're not casting your bread upon the waters if you still have control over it. You still have a string and a hook in it uh, where you're regulating it. Uh, you cannot hew the altars of the stones. That's the minister. you choices is in who you're going to give to and how much, how often, and when. After that, you don't have any choice over your contribution. It's given up entirely. It is your burnt offering. Uh, we go into that, and thy kingdom come to pr- prepare you for uh, things like the free church reports. Article 3, conscience of the church. Ministers are answerable in conscience only to God and the performance of his service. The individual elders give support to that minister according to his service And their own conscience. If he is not doing a good job, you stop giving to him. And that is the only governmental power you have over what you give uh, in contribution to the church. Uh, Article uh, 4, the church uh, is the possession of God. Ministers shall be separate from the world. The congregation shall be in the process of repentance from the bondage as an example to the world. And we have a number of quotes that go down uh, through the free church report. The free church is uh, available report is available online. All these books are available online for free. Uh, we don't necessarily charge for them in PDF format. Uh, you cannot find them all as easily as you would like. You can find them all through the network uh, because the local contact ministers know where all of them are at. Some of them are easier to find than others. Some are in different forms as well as PDF, also in HTML. But it's very important to understand that the minister's working for God. He needs to belong to God. Now we can have we have different levels of ministry as the ministers working towards that uh, complete conformance to Christ's requirements for his ministry. But ultimately, you have to have this body of ministers that belong to God and no one else. Uh, Article five: Servants of the Kingdom. Uh, And mankind, deacons and ministers shall serve their uh, constituency, the household of the people and all people with charity, love, faith, to bring blessings upon the congregation and all mankind. So we not only serve our immediate congregation because we have a network of ministers, they also are in service to other congregations. Uh, And they do this partially by network. If you had a congregation that had a tremendous difficulty in one area uh, connected to a minister in all other areas through this network, he can say, Hey, we've got, we had a flood over here. We need aid. And each individual family that was in other congregations not uh, in that flood area can send aid and assistance to the area that had the flood. And then somewhere else they'll have a drought and then people will send assistance there. You have to know these people to know whether or not this, these funds and these assistance is actually getting to where it goes and we see that right away in the first century church. They were having a dirge, a dirge uh, where they were having a difficult time uh, because of economic difficulties and they sent aid and it went to each elder of the family through the congregations of ministers and help those who needed help efficiently and quickly. This was FEMA, the way God intended, faith, emergency, management, auxiliary, through a network of people, not isolated congregations. It was people helping people. And so that minister is serving them. And then not only that, but helping the stranger in your midst, people that are not a part of your congregation. You help them because we have what we call the red heifer. Uh, and we go into that, and in, uh, actually we we'll go into that in a sixth book, uh, which is in the process of being written. Uh, we have pamphlets along that sophistry of sacrifice. will give you a, a peek at uh, what the red heifer is in uh, biblical translations. Uh, article six: Bishops and archbishops. A scary term. Bishops and archbishops sounds very uh, Roman Catholic uh, or even episcopalian. Um, but it, very simply the word bishop is coming from the word episkopos, which means overseer. He doesn't exercise authority. He is there to help complete that network and make it a kingdom network and to help protect uh, individual congregations from what they have given to Christ. If they were to completely disband or all of a sudden they die, I give the example of they're all on a bus trip and the bus goes over the cliff. whole congregation is dead. Everybody's gone. What happens to what they have given to Christ, their their church, their building, etc.? Well, the overseer doesn't get to take it and sell it and put the money in his pocket. He is in charge of trying to bring other people back to that location and congregation and build those congregations. He is also on a very uh, a less tra- tragic note, out there trying to uh, steer other people to the local congregations, and that's what we're doing on the network and the Living Network is we're trying to get out another radio programs and and other publications and uh, uh, through other articles and steer people to the local congregations to help build those local congregations. And that's one of the jobs of the bishops and archbishops who are just uh, overseers and overseers of overseers. They're overseeing service in uh, a way to assist To serve, to wash the feet, to help them out, to make sure there's a thing uh, if you're in the military, you have the buddy system. You have to inspect your buddy's feet. This is very common in Vietnam. You had to inspect his feet because there might be sores developing that he doesn't even know about uh, jungle rot. And uh, because he doesn't, you lose the feeling until it's too late. Uh, So he inspects his feet because his buddy's feet are as important as his own. Because if his buddy becomes crippled, uh, his whole outfit becomes crippled. And so this is the kind of job that the overseer is, like Christ, washing the feet, uh, making sure that they are in good health and that everything they need is at their disposal and that they are not neglected or forgotten. We have a couple of contact ministers I haven't heard from lately. I don't see any activity there. Other contact ministers should be checking on them, checking on, you know, Molly in Michigan and... Uh, and. Uh, uh, other people, uh, the Pennsylvania contact minister, um, uh, check on him, see if he's able to handle things. And we should get multiple contact ministers on each of those groups. And uh, that means everybody has to start reaching out because you're going to find yourself stranded somewhere or a need somewhere. And you're going to say, hey, can somebody on the network help me? And we're going to say, who are you? We don't know you. Where were you? when we needed help over here. Where were you when we were building the network? Uh, Our motto is not if we build it, they will come. Our motto is if you make us build it, don't bother coming. Uh, We build this together or you're on your own. Now, we may let a few people in, but basically Noah's Ark was built by the people who were in Noah's Ark. It was not built by the other people. The doors were sealed up and Jesus even talks about the foolish virgins who sit out there and dance and have their good time, and they don't trim their wicks. We need to be trimming our wicks. We need to be working on that. Our contact ministers recently have been talking about uh, a networking seed bank, very important in the future, Uh, seed bank. And, of course, there's no greater seed bank than the family. So there's all kinds of seeds (laughs) that we are here to help get through the days that are coming uh, to the other side. Article 6 uh, was the bishops and archbishops, so that's what overseers are. Uh, article 7, churches, uh, rituals, and ceremonies. Um, what is that all about? There are two aspects of ritual service and sacrifice and charity and love. Uh, so that's what rituals are. Is how you do your charity, how you take care of your widows and orphans and the needy of your society. Uh, Ceremonies is how uh, your activities so that you know. I, I give the example of driving on the right side of the road. We don't have any law that makes you do that. The world does, but we do it because it makes good sense and we know what side, you know, when we're passing that we don't hit each other. Uh, this is just common sense. So we have ceremonies, we have rituals, but it's not like most churches. It's not mindless. There's a purpose. I'll give you an example of the, the Feast of Booth, Feast of Tabernacles. Very good idea. We all get together once a year and meet other people, uh, meet other people in the network, actually shake their hands, have our sons and daughters meet their sons and daughters, uh, and form those ties because we're so spread out. Uh, And it helps dissolve that isolationism that comes through local congregations, developing relationships, but without developing them with other congregations. So there's this uh, ceremony. It was one of those feasts, and it had a very practical purpose amongst the Israelites. Uh, And we give a number of quotes that talk about this. And there's actually more to that particular one. It's one of the longer ones because it takes a great deal of explanation to understand that these rituals and ceremonies, they include things like letters of credence, uh, church ID, uh, baptismal certificates, uh, birth certificates, marriage certificates. These are a part of our rituals and ceremonies. We have holy matrimony. That's very different than what the state offers you. State is a latecomer to the idea of performing marriage. They have a marriage. They have it defined. It's a three-party contract between you, your spouse, and the state. The church defines its... uh, uh, marriage contract is a, a three-party contract between you, your spouse, and God. <laughs> the church is not a party to the contract, except as a witness, and that's one of our rituals and ceremonies. Uh, we don't perform state marriages. Uh, we're not uh, permitted to. We're not a part of the state. We're separate from the state. If you want to get one of those, you've got to go to the state. We only perform holy matrimony. It's a different kind of relationship And that's the only one that we are allowed to perform because we are not incorporated to the state. Uh, Which we go into in in several books, including the Free Church Report as well as uh, the Covenants of the God. Uh, Article 8, the objective of the church, uh, the peaceful arbitration of disputes of those who seek to live in the kingdom of heaven and the peaceful intervention between the adversaries of the kingdom and its citizens, advancing peace throughout the world. We come to set the world free. We're a separate jurisdiction. We'll talk about that more in Higher Liberty. Uh, Those are the chapters we haven't completely finished yet. And the fact is, is, we're simply quoting the state itself that says that the the distinction uh, between uh, this freedom of religion and the state is that it is really a separate jurisdiction. I mean, that's their word, jurisdiction. And that's why Christ says, my kingdom is not of this world, meaning conscious part world. Uh, we only have a little bit of time here preaching. The good news of the kingdom is Article 9, the deeds Uh, words and presence of the ministers and the servants of the church should manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth established by Jesus to receive, preserve, and propagate his doctrine and And the last is Article ten, the Prime Directive. And everybody should read that. Luke twenty two twenty five, the prime directive of the church. Shall we meet? Again? Maybe.